the pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 166 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheen. You're all very welcome here uh, with me. Like every week is the Max Verstappen of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as we look back mostly on a massive, massive, massive weekend and week in the world of MMA with UFC 225 and CM Punk, Yoel Romero, Colby Covington, you know, Whitaker, Dosanios, all of that good stuff, all those brilliant fights that we're going to look back at all of them. Graham was above a brave uh, for the weekend. We're going to be talking about some of those fights that happened at that too. KSW, there was a big Irish interest in that. Uh, and there was, a, there was a lot of other things as well. So we're going to get to to all of them. Before we do that, Graham, how are you? You're turning into a bit of um, an Instagram celebrity here now. What's the crack with these Instagram stories? You're, you're like some American comedian or something going around. <laughs> and stuff, but you're, my, you're, guy, my guy asked you, was I trolling? And what was my angle on the trolling? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, go on. I hadn't, heard, I hadn't heard from him in a month. Like, you can't give away the phone. Where's the phone in that? It's like the magician revealing his tricks. It is, yeah. I should have called you the Colby Covington of Irish MMA media. Just trolling people. But uh, you had a good weekend anyway. Spinning the, spinning the weekend on the beach and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was Well, during the week, I was like, if it's going to be sunny and I have nothing to do, then I might as well go down to the beach. Mm, so I went down it. three days in a row. Uh, yeah, happy days. It's, it's, it's not even that cold in the water for Britain for Ireland. Yeah, it's been you got to make the most of it after like nine or ten months of no good weather. Yeah, I've just been sweating for like the last three weeks nonstop, and I've been on the beer as well. A good, good bit of it, so it's just it doesn't go well. I was on all you can eat Chinese there as well Saturday. My sister in law's birthday was on it. It was very dangerous. It just ate way, way too much. Like it's like a challenge. All you can eat, aren't they? They're like, like <laughs> it's not. It's not a. It's not a statement. It's a challenge. All you can eat. Okay, <laughs> let's see about that. Let's see about that. But anyway, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, next week actually, we're probably going to be Monday again because uh, I have a beer. Moz, my boy Moz, one of our Patreon guys, uh, is uh, patrons even is uh, is thirty, so I'm going for his birthday over in Cork, so I'll be on the beer. So it'll probably be Monday again next week forever. And as I mentioned, Patreon, go over there, patreoncom forward slash my podcast. We're going to have loads of stuff. I, I must get. A, we must do a World Cup preview, Graham. I don't know if I, I'm probably not you. I think you're going to be away for a while, but um, I, I maybe get Philip on or something if he's listening. Philip, give me a, give me a shout there or someone. I'll get someone anyone on to do one. Uh, looking forward to the World Cup starting. We won't talk about soccer here, but Graham, who's your prediction for the World Cup before we get to MMA? Uh, um, I think Spain. I think yeah. I think. Yeah, I think the, I just think they're being kind of flying under the radar, and they just got so many good players. Like just yeah, that really bench is unbelievable as well. Like so, uh, and they're experienced in winning, and they have boys like Sergio Ramos who who legend who'll, yeah, legend who like like the dark arts are a huge part of like Nemanja Vidić is one of my favorite ever Man United mm. players, and so was Roy Keane, and both were masters of the dark arts yeah. and just getting away with it. And if Spain come up against Brazil too, you know, if Sergio Ramos gets a bit of sweat and, and Firmino could get a cold or something, you know, could put him out of the rest of the game, it would be a <laughs> <laughs> legend. But I'm going for a... The reaction to the, cook, the concussion thing with Carrius is a bit weird, isn't it? Like it's... Yeah, it was con- like, are you blind to that as well? Like, are you, like every Liverpool fan or do you just see this as a complete uh, Liverpool making a, an excuse like for him? No, it's not, there's no excuse for what he did, but uh, <laughs> the the... Like it isn't even conclusive in that weird footage that they showed that he actually landed any kind of 
strong contact with Carius. Yeah. Like, this whole, like, we reviewed the footage thing. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds a bit ridiculous. Like, to Did be honest, we're uh... just trying to save Carius' confidence. Like, but, uh, uh, the, the reaction to the concussion thing is kind of weird though, because a few people have ca- came out in football and been like, "Oh, I've been concussed before, and it's grand." It's like, well, kind of finding out through other sports that it kind of isn't grand. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very very odd thing. But anyway, anyway let's get to uh, let's get to MMA. And there was probably a few fucking concussions in MMA over the weekend. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry to say, but what what will we get to first? What will we get? Do you want to get the weight cutting first, Graham? How about that? <laughs> People love hearing us talk about weight cutting, and you oh, love talking Jesus about again. Cutting. Like we won't, we won't talk about weight cutting this time and stuff. But obviously, look, we're getting to the to the main event first, and it's Yoel Romero versus Robert Whitaker. And obviously, you know the big controversy coming into this fight on on Friday was Yoel Romero missed weight with point two of a pound, two ounces over the one hundred eighty five pound uh, limit. He went back two hours to cut the weight. Um, was he, he carried off the scale by a few people though as well apparently yeah he came out afterwards and said that the commission stopped him from cutting when he was an hour into cutting they would only let him cut for an hour and made him go back out uh which you can believe or not believe you know i just think look we've debated we're cutting so much but i think this point might be uh one to talk about why is there like 0.2 of an ounce? Like what? This uh, like uh, we, we look the way cutting. We won't get into it. Like it's it's fucking bullshit. But if you're having this system right, why are you having these 0.2 of an ounces? Have it if you're between 85, 185.5, and 185, you're on weight. You know, don't don't be fucking rounding well, it, off to the nearest ounce. Like this ridiculous stuff altogether. Well, if you're if you're fighting for the, if you're going to be call yourself the 185 pound champion and you didn't make the weight, I can understand it more uh, there. But uh, it is these these titles just they just don't mean that much. And I, I just want to see these guys fight. And mm-hmm. it, it didn't really matter to me at all that Romero missed weight. I was just thinking, just I hope he doesn't get pulled from the fight. Well, like I I was I was kind of if he, if he had to be pulled from the fight, then like medical reasons, fair enough. But I, I was hoping he wouldn't get pulled from the fight just from not making weight and they try to replace him with somebody you know how like you know it just causes chaos the, the day before i just i just didn't care about any of the weight thing i just wanted the fight to go ahead yeah look i'm, I'm the same when although when i saw him like being carried out afterwards i was like jesus scrapped his fight he, he, you know, he looked awful but you know the fight turned out to be great but look this weight cutting thing just rears its ugly head again and it's it's look i'm not going to talk about the weight cutting but these these stupid little rules like that like one commission is is different to, you know they're using different scales they're you know, if you're close to 185, you're 185. You know, Daniel Cormier leaning up on towels and stuff. Why didn't he lean on the towel? That's what I went to know. Why didn't he lean on the towel and get there? But God, like, I just think it's so, it's so stupid. It's, I don't think people can fathom how stupid this is. Like, Tuivasa weighed, what was it, 12 or 11, 12 pounds more than Arlovsky, and that fight is grand. Um, you all mirror wears two, weighs two ounces, two, you'd piss it. <laughs> More than Robert Whitaker, and the well, is he, he actually like weighs way. He, he weighs way more than Whitaker. I'd say Whitaker was the guy who's made one seventy several yeah. occasions. Like Whitaker, Romero could easily be a light heavyweight. Like he's cutting mm-hmm. a shitload of weight. So when he's actually in there, he's way bigger anyway. That's so true. it's kind of it kind of makes it even more ridiculous. It, it, yeah, it's just the whole system is ridiculous. Like yeah, you have to weigh the same, right? Like 
32 hours before you fight but when you fight you can be 20 pounds in the difference and it makes no difference but you have to make yeah. this specific weight at this specific time even though you don't wear that in the fight it's nothing got to do with the fight really it's just like you have to make this stupid arbitrary weight at a stupid arbitrary time a, t a day before the fight and now they're going to change it and make another stupid fucking arbitrary time well, like, I don't talk about Wakefield for long, but just say yes or no here real quick. Yes, go on. Would you be in favor of, like, you know, five days before, so like a few days before you weigh in? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking about it because, like, you know, they're talking about doing the, the they want to what do. part the, of the, yes or no, do you not understand, John? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, my answer to all these questions is no, because I want to get fucking rid of weight cutting. I hate it so much. Like, they're talking about doing the the, the, the 4 p.m. weight. Uh, just keep it open the whole time again. until 4 p.m. <laughs> why Why should, why have, well, like, just have, a, if people want to weigh in at 10 a.m., let them weigh in at 10 a.m. If they want to weigh in at 4 p.m., let them weigh in at 4 p.m. What's the problem? Are, like, the fighting can all want to do it, want to have more time between weigh-in and fight because they're they, you know they can get more liquid on it's better for their brain and everything the ufc want to do late weigh-ins so why just you know thursday is a day too just do it on thursday like but will then will the ufc have to pay for an extra night in hotels and stuff that's probably what they're thinking they have to fly me in a day day extra like yeah. <laughs> it's just it's so stupid like it's so it's so 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 stupid i hate it so much but um anyway, anyway yeah <laughs> let's let's move on we got a good two or three minutes there even though we're not going to talk about it but yeah i love i love weight cutting anyway and talking about it, it's my favorite thing but the fight the fight turned into it was really i thought it was an all-time classic you know, not many fights these days literally make me get up out of my seat but i actually was at like half five or six o'clock in the morning or whatever it was i was up out of my seat in the third round of this fight just leading candidate i think for fight of the year one of the top I don't know, top 20, 30 best fights we've ever seen, I think. And it, as you said there, title belts just mean nothing. They're fairy tales. Nate Diaz was right. Like, this this is what we want to see. This is championship-level fighting. This is top elite-level fighting. This is what we want to see. And it doesn't matter what belt is on the line. doesn't matter who gets strapped around him afterwards. That's when the fight's over. What we want to see is the brilliance that happens in the fight. And this really was, wasn't it? It was one of the best we've ever seen. Yeah, title belts just basically mean that you get paid more and you get a pay-per-view percentage as a yeah. fighter. That's what they mean, really. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the fight itself, just just what a brilliant fight. Like, Whitaker in the first round just looked looked phenomenal. He looked he looked like Romero barely landed a punch. I think he only landed a couple of kicks, and he just looked like he was... he just He's so unorthodox, Whitaker. He just throws strange shots at strange times and strange angles and stuff. He, he's... He's a hard one to work out, like, and Romero's been in there with him before for for uh, for what was it, three rounds or five rounds? Five rounds. Yeah, it's a five rounds last time. And he's still like, I know Romero's trying to explode and, and pick pick his moment, and then very nearly worked a couple of times in the later rounds. But even the way Whitaker was attacking the leg, he learned from the fact that, that he'd had that done from him to him the last time, and he was he landed. I don't know in the teens of uh, amount of leg kicks, of them kind of push kicks in the, uh, to the leg, the hyperextension ones in the first mm -hmm. round alone. And that, and that definitely, like, that slows you down. Like, that, that's definitely draining, draining on you, um, having to worry about, having to worry about them kicks and um, your knee being slightly damaged as well. And, um, he looked. He looked like he was gonna. He was gonna just outclass Romero. But then Romero just when he when he explodes and when he lands, he lands really hard and really quickly, and he can nearly take your head off. And Romero or Whitaker did really well to survive a couple of times, especially in the last round. 
mm-hmm. I think it was the last round. It was the last round, yeah. It was. Yeah. It, it was. It, he he looked like he looked like he was uh, about to get finished, but he just he just did enough uh, to survive, and it was it was just a brilliant fight. It, it, like that round, I know we're going to get into scoring, but that round has got to be a ten eight. But as I was watching it with, with a couple of my mates and my sister. They were asking, made I was asking, oh, how's it, which way is it going to go? And I was saying, it's either going to be a draw, it should it should be a draw, but they're going to give it to Whitaker because they don't give 10 eights that often. And that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, we, we'll get into the scoring in a second, but I want to kind of discuss what you were talking about there and just did, the, the, you know, the, the absolute brilliance of, of this fight. Like for me, as someone who loves talking about like the tactics and the game planning of a fight, this was this was dream territory sort of stuff. Because I went back and watched the first fight uh, last week, maybe before we did the podcast around this time last week, and it was it, the first fight was a case of right. Robert Whitaker, what what, what you all Romero is great at is lulling you into lulls, right? <laughs> you know, lull, a lull in the fight where nothing is happening, and then he'll strike like a fucking snake out of nowhere, and he'll absolutely rip your head off. You know, that that's what he does. That's what he's great at doing. And to stop that, or or not to stop it, but to to quell it. That's a good word. Robert Whittaker, Robert Whittaker attacked him first. He was always first and non-stop. He was just attack, 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 attack. No lull for 25 minutes. And that's how Robert Whittaker beat him the first time. Robert Whittaker came out this time, Saturday, and he tried to do the exact same thing. And he did it. But Yoel Romero, he's, his game planning for the first round, round and a half, two rounds, was to do even less. <laughs> like... To just literally stand there with his hands up and wait and wait and wait and wait. You know, you said it there in the first round. He barely threw a punch, barely landed a punch. That was his game plan. He His game plan was to force lulls in the fight, to, to do even more. You know, you, you look at a fight and you say, right, the last fight they had, Yoel Romero, maybe... You know, maybe he could have done more. But it was still a great fight, but maybe he could have thrown more of those those huge, massive shots. But he would the other way about it. He goes, "I'm gonna throw less and try to force him into into not, into you know lulls in the fight happening even more by doing less." And I think that was that was pretty smart because it you know it, it did begin to work, but everything changed in the fight after uh, you know in that third round and around the second round because as you said there. It, it, it was too tough this time for Yoel in the first couple of rounds because his game planning was working a little bit because he was landing a couple of those big shots and he was, you know, he was doing well and he, you know, he, he's all, he's so dangerous. It literally just takes one. I tweeted it last night that he's going to have 15 opportunities or 15 attempts to win this fight and to stop Robert Whitaker winning a decision. And that's how it turned out. But what happened was Robert Whitaker won those first two rounds so easily that Yoel had to up the pace a little bit, and then his eye got um, you know, his eye closed up, and he had to up it. He had to up it. He had to up it, and it it looked like you know, it looked like he had set out the game plan to start slow and to go get quicker and quicker and quicker. But I think he was actually forced into it, and he did like three and a half rounds of close to full pace he took little bits of lulls off but he just went for it and kept going for it for like three and a half rounds and he kept going you know as you said he won the fourth, fifth round close to a 10-8 but this showed i think Yoel romero can fight in a number of different ways now because he's not just a guy who's really muscle bound and has to pick his shots and you know, conserve his cardio 
and land a big shot to win with a one shot. This proves you're all American fight for five rounds. You know, he can go all out for five rounds and keep going a championship pace and fight someone as good as, as Robert Whitaker, which makes him a scary, scary man in the future. And it's kind of it's kind of sad in a way that he didn't win and that he did miss ways. That you know, that he's unlikely to get another title shot there anytime soon, but maybe going up to uh going up to two or five. But the fight itself, how did you see like the did you see it the same way as me? How did you see like the, the game planning of the fight as it went? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the the eye and the the fact that Whitaker had broken his hand kind of led to yeah. led to Romero being like, "All right, I'm going to have to up this now earlier than maybe earlier than expected." Um, and yeah, he definitely he definitely uh, like when your eye shows up like that, like you, you kind of you might be a bit worried that if it gets worse, it might be stopped or it might just get worse and hinder your, your vision even more. And then you're, you're like, against somebody like Whitaker, like, you know, there was a couple of big head kicks as well that Romero just took. He's just, mm-hmm. he's just, it's unbelievable that he's able to take, take shots. Like that time he took that head kick from Derek Brunson, like as well, like that was like a clean knockout for most people. Like, and he just took it and won the fight. You know, it's, it's, he's unbelievable. He's, he's, he can take an unbelievable shot. That, you know, it was fight of, the, fight of the year candidate, but that third round, that must have been one of the maddest third rounds or rounds we've ever seen. You know, Whitaker almost, or um, Romero almost knocked him out with uh, a, a right hand, I believe, first, and then and then a left hand. You know, he was on, uh, he was on shaky legs. He was up against the fence. Looked like he was going to get finished, and then. Bobby Elbows, as I started calling him, with that broken hand, as he, you know, you mentioned it there. I, I nearly forgot it, but because so much, t- so much stuff happened in it, he, he hit him with a huge elbow one stage, and then he hit him with a second one after, nearly fucking knocked Romero. Up, but, but these chins, these are all-time great chins we are seeing here. Unbelievable! It's got ten rounds, Robert Whitaker. Ten, ten rounds with Yoel Romero throwing fucking TNT with every shot, and he survived ten rounds with him. <laughs> That's an unbelievable chin. But that third round. It was it was just insane stuff altogether. One of the best rounds you know we've ever seen. Just unreal heart, unreal skill, power, you know, precision, athleticism, everything in that round was just you know it was a joy to watch. It was one of those ones you know that we we I, I mentioned Twitter last time. We needed this fight. You know we needed a great great fight like this. MMA has kind of been you know we've been a bit depressed recently, and for want of a better word, and I think this kind of just. It just pulled us out of it a little bit, and was, it was just an absolutely uh, fantastic fight and uh, and a fantastic round altogether. But that, you know, it shows again Robert Whitaker as well. So much admiration for you all, Romero, but Robert Whitaker coming out of you know the first fight, his knee early went and he, and he went down and he won a decision. This this time his hand was broken, and you know you saw it. You were, I was talking to you earlier about it. You you saw it earlier, but I, it was around the third fourth. That I think everyone started to notice because he he tr- started, he threw it less. You know, he even said it himself that he's he could barely feel his arm halfway up because his hand was so badly broken, and he was just throwing jabs and throwing elbows. And I was you know I was calling him Bobby Elbows jokingly, but he was he was using he's just is there anyone better in MMA than Robert Whitaker at changing things up and winning fights in the fight? Like GSP used to be at the be- the king of it, but Robert Whitaker. He might be the best ever. Have you? I've ever seen someone as good as Robert Whitaker as changing things up in the middle of a fight. Ooh, uh, it's kind of put me on the spot there. I'm sure there must be. I can't even think of anybody that. But even no. him, like, yeah. Forget about that. But like, what, what a, like the changes he made in that fight were just unbelievable, weren't they? Yeah, and like another thing that people are kind of never weren't talking about coming up to it, and I'm talking about it now is like he's coming back off a serious knee injury as yes. well. Like, and like guys can look can look bad after after injuries like that, and can look rusty and. He just came out in the first round. It looked like he'd never been injured. looked looked unbelievable. He looked the best he'd ever looked. And even though this was a closer fight, I think than the the first one, uh, I think 
Whitaker looked better. I think just Romero was better as well. I think both of them had improved. Like Romero's 41 and he's still improving. And Whitaker is obviously improving unbelievably. Like uh since he moved up to the middleweight, he's just been he's been looking unbelievable. Uh improvements going everywhere between fights and like he's still a young guy and there's still a lot of improvements to come, I suspect. And like He's, he's he could reign for a while. He could reign for a while at the top, especially having a chin like he does. It's going to be very hard to finish that guy. And he's yeah. very he's a very good wrestler now as well. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant wrestler. Uh, you touched on the scoring there, and I suppose that's the the next thing we can we can get into. Um, this was this was an odd fight to score, a tough fight to score. I think the first two rounds were, you know, obvious enough. I think the Robert Whitaker, I think everyone would would agree with that. The third round was that mad, insane round. I tweeted at the time uh, that it could have been a ten eight for Yoel Romero. I went back and watched it. I, no, no, it no, could be, but no, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I, I watched it again today, and I don't think it was. The fourth round, I think, was the most interesting round of all because Rob Whitaker was winning that round handily, and Yoel Romero came back and landed two big shots at the end of the round. Um, that this the first big shot he landed. No, the second big shot he landed was a great shot, right hand hurt him 100% a big shot. The first one where he got the real wobbly legs, there's an interesting angle of this. They showed it, I believe, was it after the round or after the fight, whichever anyway. That it looked like he was on, on you know, Bambi legs, but he actually, what well, he slipped, that was more of a slip than anything. I, I found it, I didn't, I wasn't expecting, I was expecting to go back and look at that and maybe it'll sway me, but it, it that looked more like a sweep than a sweet, uh, a slip than anything. Um, and the second one was big, so I don't know if that you know he landed two big shots, but not two almost knock you out shots. He landed half an almost knock you out shot, which was still a huge shot. So I don't think that's enough to take that round. I think Robert Whitaker won that round. I think he did enough for four, four and a half minutes or whatever it was. It wasn't, and it, it's not just he was jabbing, landing small shots. He landed big elbows. He fucked up Yoel Romero's knee with that front leg psychic uh, that you were talking about as well. Uh, three or four times, maybe not, well, two or three times at least in that round anyway. Landed a couple of big elbows. Landed a head kick as well, I believe, in that round. So I, I'm giving that one to, um, to Robert Whitaker. What? what? You were talking about the fifth round there. Well, I'll get your thoughts on the fifth round first. What did you think of that fifth round? Was it a 10-8? I think it should have been a 10-8. Uh, I think especially uh, just because Whitaker was just hanging on for so long. and He landed a few strikes himself, but nothing nothing that did anywhere near the damage that Romero did to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like if you're going to give all these other rounds like these, you know, they brought in... Like there's always been ten eights, but they kind of put more of an emphasis on it when they brought in the the new the new rules or the new scoring criteria. And mm-hmm. you can have a, like a round like Darren Till and Wonderboy, like the first four rounds that are like razor close and they're ten nines, and then that, just that that Whitaker Romero fifth round just isn't like it can't be the same score. Like like if the scoring is going to work properly, like it can't be a ten nine as well as a razor close round is. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I think I'm I think it was a ten eight or ten nine. I do. I, I watched it back again. Yeah, he landed that big shot early, nearly knocked him out. But after that, he never looked like finishing at any stage. There was a one stage. Dan Margliata was like, I thought he was going to stop. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop, stop, stop. Like watching it last night and then watching it again today. And thankfully he didn't. But there was there was no time that looked like being stopped. He, I didn't think he landed that much damage over the rest of the round. He landed that one very big shot. And fair enough. It, I wouldn't, if someone wants to call it 10 fair enough. But Going back at the time, at the time, and I like looking at my first reactions as well, even though I was really tired and everything. And maybe it's better not to do that. But at the time, I, I never even thought of 10 8. And that's that's something I like to think of as well when, you know, when 
you're you're judging it after the fact. Mm-hmm. I never thought it was ten eight at at the time. I never even like it never popped into my mind. But and going back watching it, no, I think it was a, I think it was a ten nine. But you know, I was a close he, one. He had he had, he had the knockdown. He, he he landed most of the the, the most impactful strikes of the round. Like I don't think Whitaker landed a few, but nothing nothing big. And Romero also had a takedown. Um, I know I know Whitaker stuffed a couple of takedowns in the round as well. Yeah, but I just think uh, I think that big shot nearly finished him. Uh, but he just he's just so like that. I think that would have finished nearly anybody else, but yeah. Whitaker just managed to survive. And I I think I think it should have been a ten eight. But I haven't watched it back like you have, so I uh, I'd also like to watch it back without the commentary because uh, like that can play we'll in as well. We we'll get the rubbing. What did you think of the fourth? Actually, were you along the same lines? As yeah, me? Like- I, I thought Whitaker won the fourth. Yeah. 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 I thought it was pretty clear so, to be honest, actually. So you had it what you had it a draw, so did you? I had it a draw, but I I kind of knew the judges were gonna were gonna give it uh, to Whitaker. I, did, I knew they weren't gonna give it. I, I suspected they weren't gonna give a ten eight round in the in the fifth. Yeah, I don't think there's a robbery here or a case for it at all. Oh, I no, think no. it's I think it's either a draw or a draw. You know, a draw probably would have been the fairest result. Even you know, and I know that's not ten point most system. By the way, I scored it, but I think. I think Whitaker just, just, just about nicked it. But yeah. I'm know, surprised I, I, that the amount of people who, who are on MMADecisions.com uh, had had it for Romero. Like more people had it for Romero than had it a draw or had it for Whitaker, which is really? very surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, that is surprising. I suppose that fourth round was close on people. Maybe people, and I actually saw one one person talking about how if you land one shot. One big shot. Whoever lands the big, basically saying whoever lands the biggest shot in the round wins the round. I'm like, that's a that's a severe. All you need is a, is a last minute. Take, all you need is a last minute takedown. That's what Rogan said. But like, that's a severe, severe misinterpretation of the rules. Like, I, I think that's a bit wacky. But yeah, look, it was a it was a brilliant fight, unbelievable, unbelievable fight, and you know, one of the best uh, one of the best we've ever seen. What, what do you think? What's next for Bodum? What's next for Romero next year? Does it have to be two or five? Um, it's a tough one for him, having lost twice to the champion. Like even though they were like both really close, especially that that second one there. Um, like he's already gone through Rockhold, Weidman. Yeah, it's, well, Jack Ray's already fought twice, has he, or at least once? Um, yeah. there's not much there for him. Like he has to go down the rankings, but um. He, he could maybe go up to go up to light heavyweight, and then if Whitaker is to lose a title and to somebody like Weidman or to Rockhold or Gaslam or any of them, he could drop back down and challenge there because he is like his his record at middleweight is is phenomenal. But uh, I'd, I'd like I'd just be interested to see him at light heavyweight against these guys, and without doing this mad weight cut as well, he might even have more explosiveness and more energy, and it'd just be mad to see uh, Yo Romero the biggest beast ever with even more beastliness <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that Gustafson fight makes all the sense in the world I think it would make way more sense than Rockwell's fight also, until Gustafson actually fights I'm just like he's just he's just gone in my mind <laughs> yeah, that, that light heavyweight division you know people talk about McGregor and stuff holding up divisions that light heavyweight division is like it's <laughs> where's it even gone is there even a light heavyweight division anymore has it just been stopped like Gustafson's gone DC is fighting in a couple of weeks time at a heavyweight John Jones is sure, it's just, it's just Sam Alvey fighting guys isn't it yeah, yeah Sam <laughs> that, that man will get a title shot just by just countering <laughs> people throwing like four punches around yeah he's like He's like the American shit, you all Romero. That's basically what he is. But uh, but fair play to him anyway. And I look next next for Robert Whitaker, I suppose. 
Is it Weidman? Is it Gastelum? Hard to, you know, hard to say, really. Weidman beat Gastelum, but I think Gastelum is... I don't know. Is he in pole position? Weidman is injured. Ariel said he's not going to be back till October. Tough one to know. You get below that, and you know, Jacare you know, recently lost um, Terry Brunson, David Branch, Brad Tavares. You know, there really isn't much there, so it's probably going to be. Uh, it's probably going to be one of them. Or uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to see GSP Robert Whitaker. <laughs> you know, ah, Jesus, poor GSP. Come on, I'd love to see it, but uh, yeah. Probably Just do Romero again. I'd watch that again, no problem. I saw what I I had a hundred. <laughs> I kind of don't like saying it because it's weird because he won the first two and you know it makes no sense and all. But I don't care about things making sense. I just care about great fights. And I would one hundred percent watch another fight round that I was. Uh, it was. Do you know what that fight was? It was everything the turn Woodley versus Wonderboy Thompson wasn't twice. That's what it was. <laughs> That's exactly what, because Rion Romero played that waiting game, throwing big strikes, trying to land that one big strike, not trying to get hit too much. You know, um, Whitaker played the role of the dynamic striker, but he was actually a dynamic striker, and Rion Romero was actually a big threat with big shots for 10 whole rounds, unlike the other two weren't for those 10 whole rounds. So fair play to Robert Whitaker. And you, Romero, for giving us 10 of the best rounds we've ever seen in MMA. And I absolutely love those two fights. So fair play to them. <laughs> so let's move on. I, that was a guy I enjoyed that chat now. And uh, we, I think we waxed lyrical enough about uh, about that fight. Let's move on to the co-main event, <clears throat> which saw Colby Covington take on Rafael Dos Anjos. And we, we haven't talked about this fight yet or anything. So this this could be interesting. Let's get to the we did the scoring last and the last one. Let's do the scoring first in this one. How did you score the fight? trying to think um i thought covington uh, had won it but i can't remember which rounds i'd given i think i gave i gave the first to the sanios i think yeah and then i gave the second and the third to covington the fourth was the the sanios i think was that the one where he kind of right before the sort of the or at the end of the, the third round covington kind of got in his face and he looked demoralized the sanios mm-hmm. but then he came out and Started hitting his own takedowns. Yeah, I got takedowns. Changed it up. I think that was the fourth. So I gave that to the Sanyos, and then I gave the fifth to Covington. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I think there was, I think there was three clear rounds in this fight. I think the fifth round was obviously Colby. I think the first <clears throat> and the fourth, as you said, the same there were, were obviously Dos Anjos, and it's the second and the third that were the that were the ones. Spin rounds. Yeah. I I really don't know how to score this fight. I I. I went back and watched it again, and I scored them all. And I, I scored a four-one for Dos Anjos, but it doesn't. It's not a four-one Dos Anjos fight. It's just not. I, I'd have no problem with someone scoring that three-two for Colby. That round two, round three, were just so so close. And that third, the second round, this third round especially was extra extra close. I, uh, I, uh, that's a ten-ten round for me. That third round was just so close, but. The second was 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 I thought it was pretty clear, clearly Kobe because um, yeah, Desanyos kind of gave up the takedowns very easily. It seemed in that round. Yeah, um, I know Kobe didn't do a lot with it, but he was landing little shots, and maybe maybe they weren't great shots, but they were enough to to be on top for about half the round and be mm-hmm. controlling controlling Desanyos and kind of demoralizing him and just wearing wearing on him. So I would have given this the second pretty clearly. The third is definitely razor close. Like Covington couldn't get the takedown in the third. It looked like maybe Desanos was turning was was turning it around. But then at, towards the end of the round, Covington upped it and kind of seemed, as I said, to kind of nearly to demoralize Desani- uh, Rafael Desanos. He kind of he kind of went back to his corner and he didn't look 
he didn't look like uh, he looked in the in the previous in his corner of the previous rounds, and Covington kind of nearly kind of got in his face a bit right at, right at the end of the round. Yeah. I thought he, he I thought Covington just edged it that round, but it was close. For me, like I just couldn't stop thinking of this whole round, this whole fight. It was like effective striking, grappling, and octagon control in that order. Uh, like how much of that grap? Uh, there was loads of octagon control, but that's the third thing. How much of that grappling was actually effective by Colby? There was a bit of it. He got a few takedowns. You know, he passed a little bit. How much of that pushing against the fence was actually effective grappling? Like. Was any of us effective grappling? Very, very, very little. Like, which was more effective? Colby or uh, RDA's knees as he well, came in? I think it in, was effective little... because it demoralized. It seemed well, like it, it seemed to demoralize the Sanyos, and that's it effective. didn't. Uh, is Joe Rogan taking you in or something? Like no, that? I think I, no. It just he kind of he, he kind of seemed like he nearly run out of idea. He kind of got stuck there. You know what I mean? He kind of looked like, oh, what do I do here? He, when he was in that position, kind of. Is that not just stalling, no? If you're making a guy kind of doubt himself, it's kind of, or maybe like it's hard to know. It's hard to know what what Tatanios is thinking, obviously. But it seemed it seemed to me like he kind of got stuck there and couldn't get out. And I think that's effective. I don't think it was to be honest. I, I, and it's one of those fights, though, because you know it, it's it's a matter of opinion. I think, and it, it's really. But this reminded me a little bit of Tebow versus Habib. I think it's similar because it's the effective striking and the grappling. And I I just think like Habib versus Tebow. I think. The, the striking of Thibaut and the striking of RDA was more effective than the grappling of the other two lads. I, I just really do think it was. I think those little knees inside from RDA, I think the little uppercuts, I think the, the, the left hooks as he was coming in, they, they were they were more, more than anything Colby did. And it, it's, it's a weird one because I actually think Colby was much, much improved in this fight. And it, striking it, it, especially. Striking, that's what I'm talking about because we'll get to the commentary in a second, but... <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Smith just mentioned it. This is not usually how Colby fights. Have you ever seen Colby Covington fight before, Jimmy Smith? Like, what are you talking about? This is always how Colby fights. This is the exact way he always fights. But his striking did look way, way better. He, he was throwing nice little jabs, nice little shots inside, especially the end of that fifth round, I think. He was, you know, it was one of those ones where, like the last 30 seconds of the fight, these these boys are kind of trading back and forth, going for it at the end. I'm like, if that happens, RDA is going to shoot him up. But he didn't. Colby was actually chewing him up in that fifth round. And that was very, very impressive. Maybe he could have done a little bit more of that. But, you know, it turned out he didn't. But I thought his striking was, was much improved. But, you know, his grappling and stuff is, is always very, very good. That's the kind of dominant, unbelievable uh, wrestler he is like that. But it was it was a weird fight, wasn't it? Was Did, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was it was it was on a razor edge the whole time, and that like that that that's the kind of fight that you kind of you're on the I'm on the edge of my seat, you know. When somebody's just dominating somebody, you can kind of lose lose kind of your the, the attention span and kind of get distracted by like maybe like your phone going off or something. Like, if your phone goes off, you might check it because mm -hmm. you know you know it's not gonna nobody's gonna pop out or or get up real quickly. It's just gonna be like it's just gonna you might miss a couple of small ground and pound shots, but you can look at your phone. But this is one where you're you're not looking at your phone. Your phone might buzz, and you want to like, I'll, I'll check it between rounds. Yeah, hundred percent. What about the commentary on this fight? It, like, has has there ever been worse commentary on a fight than than Joe Rogan in this? And he kind of brought. I I, I feel like he brought. He was like a bad influence on Jimmy Smith, and he brought him into it as well. <laughs> and even John Anik of it as a Rogan. Like, if he. <laughs> If Colby Covington was ice cream, he'd lick him. Like it was, it was so bad. It was fucking awful. Everything, Col 
why do you keep saying he's like Nick Diaz? Like, what? What was he like? Nick Diaz? His striking was much improved, but his striking was nothing like Nick Diaz. Like, he's like, what are you talking about? He's, he, this, this guy is like, if he'd said he's like Habib Nurmagomedov, fair enough. Yeah, he is. Well, I think he was talking about, I, I, I know it was a bad analogy, but I think he's talking about the kind of forward the pressure. pressure. Yeah, but still, yeah, like, but it was definitely, Nick Diaz brings it with several, like, you know, loads of punches, and maybe they're not yeah. massive strength, but they just accumulate and you just. You just end up taking the beating, but that's yeah, that was a bad analogy. But I kind of can. It was it was a bad choice, but I can kind of see where he's coming from. Oh, I think it was just. I, I don't think it was good. I, I see where he's coming from as well, but I think it was stupid. But like, just aside from that, like, does at one stage, Dosanios, which round was it? it? Was I don't know. It was it was third or fourth round or fourth round maybe. I think Dosanios rocked Kobe with a big left hand, and he like he put him sideways, went over towards the cage, and then Kobe like. Um, or uh, Dosanios guy pushed against him and like went for a kind of a takedown, literally like a millisecond later. And he was like, oh, Colby stuffs out. Like, didn't, you didn't even mention the guy almost getting fucking, you know, not knocked out, but like knocked down maybe. He just, he just totally glassed over it altogether. It was insane. Like, I, I but there was just, it was so many things. The, the, the first, especially the first round, you know, we argued about two and three. I think almost everyone agreed the first round, Dosanios won it. He was landing lovely uppercuts and stuff. And Rokum was talking as if, you know, as if this is like McGregor against Brimage or something, where he was just like beating the living shit out of him. When Colby was, it was like, what, what fight are you watching at all? And I think he, a lot of people, Actually, you know, nearly yeah. you mentioned, sorry, when you mentioned McGregor Brimage, some of the worst commentary from Kenny Florian there, he's like, uh, well, that's Kenny Marcus Brimage landing the better shots here, right? As he's just about getting absolutely styled on. It's just like, what are you watching, mate? Like, anyway, sorry, uh, fun. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Look, Rogan was <laughs> Rogan was just awful. Yeah, he was just for the, for the whole fight. Like I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen as you know as as bad as that was. But look, that's that's another thing. This made me kind of think. Actually, you know, I've always liked Rogan, and you know, it's a this is a weird fight to talk about. Like because you know the Colby Covington fans are a weird bunch because they've kind of gone on this whole Covington Donald Trump troll train and in a way we kind of have as well because I, we talked about it Colby a few times and we were like laughing at the stuff he's doing and how he's making people mad and all so we're definitely not on that but we're on the reality of what happens on a fight train <laughs> and I think discussing the reality of what happened in this fight makes those people very very mad because I can see Colby winning 100%, but I can also see Dasanios winning, and those people don't really like that, and uh, you know, you get a lot of abuse about that and stuff, but look, we have to talk about the reality of what happened, and I think this is one of those fights that you can score it 4-1 or 3-2 for Dasanios, or you can score it 3-2 for Colby, and maybe even 4-1 for Colby, you know, I don't think so, but it's, it's one of those fights, it's just there were so many weird close rounds it's just they were all close really even you know even even the fifth round of which Colby won uh, I thought convincingly enough that was even closer because there was a lot still a lot of little uh, sharp shots inside for uh, for Dos Anjos but it was just it was a very weird I, I enjoyed it but it was a weird fight the commentary kind of did ruin it a bit and maybe if Rogan wasn't as bad it would have been there wouldn't have been been a debate about how good of a fight it was because it was such a, a tough battle and all but it was it was one of those wasn't it you're muted. You're Sorry, muted, Graham. Yeah. Chatting away there. And, How uh, dare you? The mute button on. Um, yeah, it was. It, it was. A, it was a kind of strange fight, and you could definitely notice the the size difference. Like I think the size difference kind of did hadn't affected RDA really that much at one seventy, but it, I think it did in this fight. I think Covington was just a lot stronger than him when they did clinch up, 
and he was able to get his takedowns easier than I would have expected when he when he was successful with his takedowns. But um, yeah, I think the commentary like okay, you 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 do this every week or two, and you have to speak for seven hours. You're gonna you're gonna have like days where you fuck up. But I think this was yeah, this was particularly bad. Um, for this fight, it's just sometimes Rogan gets just he just starts talking about one guy uh, in the first round, and you just know he's going to talk about just the one yeah. fighter and not the other one for the rest of the fight. And I'm just used to it, so it didn't even affect me. Now. I didn't even know. I just kind of I noticed that he was blowing the call, but like he does that a lot. And I, I like, and then when I went on Twitter, I saw people were really mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, how, how, I think uh, we, we'll get to uh, Colby versus Woodley in a second because that looks like that's going to be next. But what about RDA next? What, oh, here, here's one for me. Mm. <clears throat> what about what about Darren Till and RDA in Brazil? We know, you know, RDA is obviously very big in Brazil. Darren Till speaks Portuguese, lived in Brazil. Could be a fight night headliner over there or something. Dana, you know? I think Dana said next was the States for Till, didn't he? That's true, I suppose. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. Ooh, um, yeah. Just looking at the there's, the rankings here, um, there's a lot of fights there for him. Though, all the same, you know, there's loads. Yeah. Of, what's what? What's Robbie Lawler like? They already fought. What about Wonderboy and RDA? Actually, that'd be a good fight. Yeah, Robbie Lawler like could could like if he comes back and gets a win, he he, he could be back in contention. Maybe Didn't like I don't, if, I don't know if I don't know I don't know for for Covington. Sorry, I'm talking about so Covington, Covington. Like uh, like Woodley's got, just had surgery. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. Like Covington says he's going to be an active champ or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um. Darren Taylor and Wonderboy just had a fight. Like, the Sanyos just lost. Car- Usman, like, I don't think the, the Covington would want to take that fight. Uh, he'd wait for Tyron Woodley, I'd say, rather than take that fight. Yeah, how do you think um, the, Woodley, the Woodley-Covington fight goes? Yeah, I think I think Woodley has a lot too, mu- a lot too much for him, to be honest. I don't think he's going to be able to get the takedowns against Woodley at all. And, uh, okay, his striking looked a lot better than it did against Damian Maya, but I think... Uh, Woodley's striking is underrated and he's got huge power as well. Um, I'd have to go with Woodley on that one, but Woodley is quite old as well. Like, you know, sometimes you just kind of, you're over the hill all of a sudden and there's no coming back. So, especially after a couple of injuries and a bit of time off, he, he could be rusty in there, but I just think he has too much everywhere, everywhere for Covington. Yeah. I'm not as sure after last night. I think it was good, but I, I do I do think Woodley is better than him everywhere. But Covington is improving as well. It'd be interesting. He's you know he's trained with Woodley a lot. Maybe that'd be easier for him to game plan. He has Woodley's all team behind him and everything. And so yeah, it's, you know, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. So we there's a good there's a good little narrative there. Like he's been there is like okay, Covington's been talking about oh you you were like uh, the easy round in the gym and he's been calling him like a race baiter and playing the race card and all that stuff mm-hmm. and people may hate Covington for that, but. You can make a seriously good promo to promote this fight, uh, I think. And what you can. Oh, what do you think of this whole like political stuff, like him bringing the 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 belt to Donald Trump in the White I House? Thought, and I thought it was hilarious. Did you? Like, I thought it was hilarious. I just thought it was just like, of course he was like. Once he said it, I was like, of course he was going to say something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think before someone. People started saying it like that Colby's going to start like supporting Donald Trump now and all. I think people just gave him an idea and then he started doing it like a month ago or a few weeks ago or whatever. And now he did this like it's <laughs> look, he's reaching that, you know, that front row Brian demographic, you know, the, the trolls who like to have a laugh on, online and stuff. And he's he's doing a great job of that. And it's, you know, it's funny. Look, I, 
I'm not a I'm not a big one for politics and all. And if you find it despicable or whatever, fair enough. That's that's your opinion. I I don't care either way, to be honest. But uh, yeah, look, he's you can't <laughs> see that like ninety percent of what Kobe Covington says is him taking the complete piss. Then yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Like yeah, I I was thought it was hilarious to watch his interview with Ariel. It was very funny. He said something and he like had this smirk on his face after he said it. And Ariel was talking. I was just like, this, this lad is just he just he know like it's it. And there's never been someone as clearly taking the piss as him. Like even Shale, you know, a little bit, maybe, you know, he's obviously taking the piss, but Colby is just like, he is a, an internet troll in real life. And it's just fucking, it's uh, it's so see-through and all, but it's entertaining and it, it is funny in fairness. And, you know, we've said before that the, the fighting doesn't line up with it and that he's never going to get anywhere because of the fighting doesn't line up with it. And, you know, we have to eat a bit of humble pie, I suppose. The, you know, he beat Rafael Dos Anjos and he put on a, a good display and everything. So fair play to him. We were we were wrong on that one. And uh, onwards. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think yeah. I think we, I, I thought we were talking about it a few times. We thought it was too soon for him to be facing guys like this yeah. and even even Maya. But his his, his game has improved. Like his, his wrestling was always good, but it's, it's gotten better. He's more mm-hmm. relentless with it. And then it's like once you have striking to set up the shots, it just makes your wrestling so much easier for, uh, for you to to execute and. He's really, he's really improving still, and he's a young guy, a young in the sport, and he's full of confidence as well. Like, which is, which is always a good thing as well. If you, if you're gonna be going in there fighting, fighting top level guys, um, yeah. yeah so fair play to him, yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of top level welterweights, let's get to Mike Jackson versus CM Punk, who opened the pay per view portion of this, uh, of this card, and it was, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was. It was... It was fun, funny, weird, odd, mad. Look, for me, the first round of this fight was significantly better than I actually thought it would be, to be honest, even though it was still fucking terrible. My uh, (laughs) expectations were extremely, extremely low. Mike Jackson, uh, watching this back, and, you know, we talk about Dana White and everything in a minute, but Mike Jackson didn't look that bad. Like, you know, he looked good little hands, good takedown defense, although what was coming wow. against him wasn't great. You know, he was throwing nice little jabs, little combinations, lovely little body shots and stuff like that. He was that. standing very upright. Like, if CM Punk had any kind of shot, he would have got him down, like, I think. Yeah. And he actually yeah. did get him down at one stage, didn't he? He did get him down, yeah. It's CM, look, CM Punk came out... <laughs> He threw a couple of leg kicks, which looked <laughs> so, terrible. The like, jumping knee he threw at one stage was absolutely fucking yeah. hilarious. No, the vest was like the orangutan guillotine that he threw. <laughs> <laughs> was the weirdest he thing. He jumped on him like a backpack. Over, you turned your backpack around to take something out. Yeah. <laughs> that was exactly it. Yeah, he was like a child hanging onto their parent or something. But the weirdest thing of all was, like, Mike Jackson was in his guard at one stage. And he, like, CM Punk got his legs out. So he was like... And he had like you know the butterfly hooks him. He's like literally, he's like his ass was on the ground, his back was on the ground, his legs were out. He wasn't in guard. He, he like his legs were on yeah. the, the hips like of Mike Jackson, and he just didn't move. He's like, you could just like get up here. Mike Jackson doesn't want to be on the ground, and like Mike was just like, I'll just keep hitting him. And he's just like, I was like, what are you doing? Why are you not moving? Like, what, what, what are you doing at all? But it was, yeah, it was pretty. Look, CM Punk. He threw a couple of jabs. He threw a couple of leg kicks. He didn't get knocked out. He went three rounds. You know, he took a couple of decent shots as well. In he fairness, took, yeah, he's a good well. chin. He's tough, uh, as his old friend JR would say, he's as tough as a two dollar steak. And it, you know, he came, he came through it and fair play to him. But this was low, 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 low bottom of the barrel quality MMA. You know, I, I was below cart there. You know, a couple of months ago at Cage Legacy, and it was all amateur fights. And I don't think there was a fight with this low level. To be honest, oh, you who's, know, a, who's a better striker? Who's a better striker? Cindy Dandois, Dandois, or CM Punk? 
Oh, CM Punk, I think. <laughs> oh, she's fairly bad. She is fairly bad. Fair and fair play. But like this to me was, uh, we, you know, we both said it all along that Mike Jackson versus CM Punk should have been CM Punk's first fight. And like, there's no way he should have fought someone the quality of Mickey Gall. Like, if this had been his first fight after 18 months of training or whatever, I would have said, "Fuck it, look, he went three rounds. He looks bad. Like, he looks like he's he's someone who, you know, is very basic, hasn't learned something. But look, give him another year and maybe he learn a bit." morning get lit but this is CM Punk after three years you know this is him after that didn't go very long and then going back and having like another 18 months and getting a second chance to have a second fight and this is what he looks like yeah this is this is not gonna work you know this is a 39 year old man who is living his dream and trying to have a bucket list moment in a real sport with real consequences against real fighters and that's that's just not gonna work you know, he's had his two opportunities now. He's lived his dream. Um, and he's never gonna fight in the UFC again. Uh, he's just it's never gonna happen for him. And it was it was well like Do you think the ref should have stopped it at one stage? Yeah, I thought I thought he should have at one stage. Yeah. He, in the third round, my, look, I, I suppose the bigger bigger talk about it. What about what do you think about Mike Jackson's performance? Like was Dana White came out afterwards and said Basically, that you know, he sees Mike Jackson as all in two in the UFC that he was goofing around that he could have finished it at any stage. What, what did you think of that? Yeah, well, I can see where Dan's coming from. Where he, Mike Jackson's kind of sitting there looking the other way, punch, throwing punches at, at CM Punk, a ground and pound at CM Punk. And it did look like, uh, he it did look like if he had a went for it, he could have, he could have, um. He could have finished him, but maybe Mike Jackson was thinking like, "Oh, I don't want to rush in here, get taken down, and end up losing a round to CM Punk, and then mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> losing to, losing a round to CM Punk is embarrassing. I'd say for for a fighter, they they fear that. Exactly. There's look, there's three ways I think looking at this. Exactly what you said there. He was he was going in there trying to win every second, every minute of that round, but not taking any chances. He you know, he didn't want to be that meme as Joe Rogan was said. This guy who lost the CM Punk, he didn't want to do that. And fair enough, you can understand that. Then you look at Dana White's point, and I think Dana White says all of this to get the heat off him for making this disgraceful fight. That that's basically the top and bottom of it, to be honest. And then there's the bit that Mike Jackson probably should have gone in and finished him and, and upped it a little bit. And you can say that as a fair point. You're talking about the overall fight and understanding that, you know, understanding what he did, that he didn't want to become that meme. To go out and say, this guy's a goofball, this is a disgrace, it's a joke because he didn't finish him. It's like, that's that's bullshit. You're, you're just making, Dan, I was just making up for the, the shit fight that he made for bringing in this multi-millionaire guy who wanted to live his dream and he gave him the spot and he's blaming it on Mike Jackson. You know, what are you blaming Mike Jackson for? You know, Mike Jackson went in there and did what he had to do. He won. Well, let, let's say, let's say, let's say, CM Punk added a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand pay per views, and the, and people tuned in and yeah. saw Whitaker against Romero. That is great for the UFC. Then people, those people who never heard of Romero, never heard of Whitaker, who are pro wrestling fans, mm-hmm. or even people who hate CM Punk or whatever, trying to watching it, tuning in to watch him lose or whatever it is. They see that they see yeah. that fight in the main event, and they're they're just like, well, like you gotta be, you gotta be like invested in that fight if you're watching that fight, like. Yeah, I, I agree, like, 100%. But, like, I, and I think we we said that last, maybe not in those exact words, but we said, like, I have no problem CM Punk getting his second chance. But Dana White is acting as if, like, this was everyone else's fault but his, when he was the one who put this on the main card. But, like, he was like, I should have put this on the fight press prelims. Well, you didn't. You yeah. put it on the main card, like. and if yeah, you well, made the argument, Dana, though, as well. Like, yeah, but if you made the argument, like, oh, I put this on the main card to get more buys so everyone could see everyone else. 
like okay fair enough you know that that's that's a fair argument 100 but he didn't say that and you know if he, he's trying to sandbag everyone and i think you know it's pretty pretty see-through but Dana yeah gonna Dana. Dana gonna Dana. mike jackson called out artem lobov afterwards that artem would obviously beat him pretty badly i think but I, <laughs> maybe, you know pretty badly he'd fucking absolutely destroy him yeah Maybe all right, though. Let's make that happen. Go on, Arthur Lava versus uh, Mike Jackson. But CM Punk, do you ever think CM <laughs> Punk? Wade put calling out a featherweight is hilarious as well. What the fuck? Yeah. Do you ever think uh, CM Punk fights again? Say again? Do you ever think CM Punk will fight again? Oh, Jesus. Uh, no. I, I, no. Like, his people around him, like even Duke Rufus and the team, just like... Uh, the Mickey Gall thing, you were just like, okay, this guy was way better than people had taught at the time. And Mickey Gall was obviously way better. And maybe maybe they thought, okay, if we get in there with Mike Jackson, we could do something. But he couldn't do anything. Nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. he his best move was when he tried to jump on like a back like a backpack the wrong way around. Like that was mm-hmm. the best thing he did, like, and that was mm-hmm. terrible. Nice take done as well. What about CM Punk versus Aaron Chalmers and Bellator? Let's make that happen. Oh, Aaron Chalmers would absolutely annihilate him. He'd as well. him, but it'd be good for Aaron Chalmers, though. Be good for him. It'd be a big fight. All right, let's make that happen. All right, let's move run, run through the rest of this card uh, pretty quickly here because we're going to be here for like four hours if we don't. Uh, Holly Holm got a good win over Megan Anderson. Not much to say about that. We mm. we talked about that last week. Just Megan Anderson looked good early, but then just fell apart. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think just a better skill set. You know, good from Holly Holm to mix it up again, get get used her wrestling, and she's just a phenomenal fighter. Cut a fantastic promo afterwards. I think Dave Meltzer I mentioned it, and who'd know more about it, a great promo than him. But you know, <laughs> absolutely, you know, brilliant to do the way she spoke afterwards. I thought it was really good. The tie to Ivasa Andrelovsky fight was a good fight, but you know, with there was a lot better. On, on the card, um, to Ivasa did the shoe. What about to Ivasa shoey? Are you a fan of the shoey? Oh, that's horrible, isn't it? Well, it's great. Some though. random or shoe, like fucking. Yeah, yeah maybe do a shoey next week when I'm on the beer. Uh, oh, geez, there was there was some roasting finishes on that as well. What about that blades over him fight? God Almighty, Dan Margliata, will you stop that fight when a man is out? He took about three elbows too much. Got his face absolutely yeah, busted open. Yeah. God Almighty, that was that was atrocious. But it, you know, it was one of those fights again. Blades was was get, got got a few good takedowns. Over him looked dangerous. Looked like you know he always looks, uh, <clears throat> or he has for the last couple of years anyway. And you know, fair play to Blades. He moves on and he's he's putting himself right in line there to be the next challenger for uh, Stipe or or DC or whoever it, whoever it might be. Um, Claudia Guerrero, Carlos Barza. How'd you score that one? I actually was just getting back from Brave at the time, so I actually didn't see the the whole thing. But uh, like I, I I was watching it, but I just I couldn't score because I'd missed I missed a third of it. Yeah, I had it for Gedelia, but it was very very close. Carlos Barza again looked you know looked much improved, almost knocked Gedelia out at uh, one stage. I believe it was in the fourth round, I think. Uh, looked looked good, but I you know I just thought Gedelia Gedelia won it, and obviously she moves on now. Uh, with Rosa Muniz as the champion, that division could be could be a title shot. With one or two more, uh, maybe. Team Sheehan got another win as well. Mirsad Bektic versus uh, Ricardo Lamas won the first two rounds, and you know went anti Romero again. And a judge, <laughs> a judge scored this third round for Mirsad Bektic, and everyone knows how big a fan of Mirsad Bektic I am. But that was a ludicrous score. Ricardo Lamas 100 won that third round. Effective grappling. Remember that effective grappling is his important as effective striking and he had him in in trouble a couple of times with guillotines and stuff he's his grappling was way more effective than any striking or grappling that Mirza Bektic did in that round and he, he won that round but two of the judges got it right anyway but Bektic 100% won the fight in 29-28 I think it was a 
it was pretty straightforward. Chris De La Rocha and Richard Coulter had a, a great back and forth fight with De La Rocha winning that one. Um, Sergio Pettis, Joseph Benavidez, close fight again. How did you how did you score that one? I had it for um. I actually haven't seen the full thing back either. I watched I, I watched the highlight uh, highlight video of it, uh, mm. but uh, I haven't watched the full thing back. But I saw there was a lot of there was a lot of people saying they should have went the other way online. I can't. Jeez, I can't even remember. Have you MMA decisions up in there? Pull pull up MMA uh, decisions, and I'll talk about something else. I'll pull it up. Uh, Charles Oliveira. How did that? How did that fucking Pettis Benavides? Oliveira got the guillotine, didn't he? Oliveira got another guillotine, yeah. And Dan Ige got a nice TKO as well. But Rashad Evans got finished in fifty-three seconds by Anthony Spit with a knee. And look, hopefully, this is the last we see of, of Rashad Evans. And you know, some people don't like to tell people to retire. I don't mind because we've seen enough from Rashad Evans. He's been a great fighter. It's and I, I tweeted it last night. You know, this this is so sad because we remember Rashad Evans was the young up and comer who took an old Chuck Liddell out. Yeah. You know, Rashad and Rashad Evans is old, and Chuck Liddell's talking about coming back. Like, uh. you know, both both of these guys need to bow out. Like, the MMA is not. A, Neil Siri tweeted something about it today, and I think he put it very well. Like, MMA is not a sport you can fucking play around with. Once you get old, once you start start getting knocked out like that, and uh, you know anyone can get knocked out, but once you start fifty three seconds against Anthony Smith, like no no disrespect, right? But uh, um, Rashad Evans was a top top level fighter, you know, taking on going five rounds with John Jones, you know, beating uh, beating Rampage Jackson, winning the winning the world yeah. title. He won the heavyweight uh, Ultimate Fighter Ultimate as well, fighter, yeah, and a good season of it, yeah. So or I just pulled up the pedestal thing here. She uh, yeah, ten ten people had it for Benavidez, nine ha or had it for Benavidez twenty nine twenty eight, nine had it twenty nine twenty eight for Pettis, and three had it thirty twenty seven for Pettis. So twelve mm -hmm. had it for Pettis, and ten had it for Benavidez. So it was obviously. Good. Very, very close fight. Who did I have it for? Uh, who did you have it for? Um, I think I had it for Pettis, didn't I? <laughs> I don't think you sent it in to him. Um, did you I didn't not? send it in to him. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I thought Pettis won. Oh, you did. Was... Sorry, you did. You had 29-28. Sorry, you had 29-28. Yeah, yeah. This, it was just such a close fight. It was, it's hard to remember. There were so many fights in it last night. But Pettis looked... Yeah. Sergio Pettis is a better fighter now than Anthony Pettis ever was. You know, he's he just... He's no, so good at getting... No, no, no. He is... He's really good at getting out after fence. He's a far superior fight, fighter technically than Anthony Pettis ever was. I don't care. Maybe, te maybe technically, but remember when Pettis was just throwing just this shit out of nowhere and just, like he just seemed like everything he threw was just like landing and like the way he went through like when he was going through like people like Donald Cerrone and Joe Lozon just so clinical and he's landing like cartwheel knees and stuff. It, it, he just was. Mm. He was better to watch, but I think maybe like all all round like MMA game, Sergio Pettis is, is a better is a better well rounded martial artist. But I think when Pettis was fearless and he threw all, before he'd been taken down and before he'd been beaten up for twenty five straight minutes by RDA, uh, I think that just ruined him and I, I, he just lost that fearlessness that he had. Yeah. All right, let's move on here because we're going to be about eight hours doing this podcast, yeah. and we better move on. Right, Brave, you were up at yeah. Brave uh, last night. I know. Wait, actually, let's get to KSW first because it was two. Uh, Pujanowski lost actually out there in the main event, and Matarla won in the co-main event, and they were they were good fights, I believe. But the two big losses for the two Irish guys who we spoke about last week, Paul Redmond, he did have surgery this morning after getting uh, knocked out badly with a ground and pound. His nose was basically shattered. Chris Fields, similar enough as well, was was taken out with a, with ground and pound and and uh, KO TKO'd. Uh, I didn't get to see the whole fights. I went back to watch them afterwards, and I don't know my KSW thing wouldn't work. I had the thing, but I, I didn't see the whole fights. But big losses for both lads, aren't they? Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't a great night for Irish MMA and, and no. KSW or in in Brave. Uh, I think 
Yeah, I think there was a few wins, obviously, in, in Brave for the Irish guys, but the main event was it was a loss. And obviously, Paul Redman and Chris Fields uh, are two of the more high-profile guys, uh, Irish guys that aren't in the UFC. And it's, it's a big setback for both of them. Like, I think I think Redmond, like, yeah, I saw on his Instagram story, and he I think he can't fly. He has to get a boat. Yeah. Uh, but for, yeah, fair play to his opponent. We went in and visited him, and brought him a brought him a present of of some alcohol. He he obviously mm-hmm. stereo stereotype of the Irish being alcoholics. Like he he nailed it with Redzer. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. Chris fight like Wagner Prado is obviously we talked about him last week. He's a UFC mm-hmm. veteran. He's he's fought people like Phil Davis. He's got a great record. He's fourteen and three now. It was a tough fight for Chris, and it was a tough finish. But um. Yeah, it's a difficult one for Chris because he looks so good at light heavyweight uh, since he moved since he moved up from middleweight, and mm-hmm. it just it just he just ran into a guy who who just had too much for him. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's a lot. Uh, I think it's a lot tougher on, on, on Paul Redman because you know I think Chris feels. I think like five. I think he just missed the boat a little bit with with the whole Irish MMA explosion and everything. I think it came a little bit too er- late for him, and I think Reds was the opposite. Came a little bit too early for him, and this is obviously a big blow because he's you know making his way back. And we spoke about it last week. Uh, and I think Chris, you know, I think Chris Fields will come back you know pretty quickly from this, and he'll you know I think he he's making a great career for himself, and he will make a great career for himself over the next few years fighting in KSW and you know, even Bellator maybe in Bama and Cage Wars, wherever you know wherever it might be. But I think Paul Redmond is you know. He, there's still a bit of unfinished business there for him uh and you know this was a, a big loss obviously and putting him out I, I think he says he's gonna be out for six months as well is you know it's a huge blow for him but i'm sure he'll be back you know it's, <clears throat> he, he's still a really good fighter he's one of the best well um lightweights in europe definitely you know that norman park fight is probably still there as well and lots of ice and we'll get the norman park in a second but you know i'm, I'm sure he, he'll bounce back from it as well and he's always exciting and, and everything like that but it's obviously uh obviously a huge blow for him with the with the loss and the injury but uh you know rough night over in case you know rough night as well for a lot of the a lot of the lads at, in brave you yeah, know that tommy tommy martin was the first fight and i making his pro debut and he he lost via tko towards the end of the the third round um sam slater who who uh, is an spg guy that a lot of a lot of the teammates have been uh talking about for a while and expected big things from and he seems to be improving all the time he got a um a, deci- a unanimous decision 30 27 win um uh, glenn irvine and another Irish guy lost out to conrad iwanowski who's a, a polish guy that's been li- living and fighting in ireland for years he got a quick first round rear naked choke and obviously, uh, kind of the most attention was kind of around Keen Cowley on the card, and he had a really nice uh, ground and pound uh, TKO of uh, Daniel Olomnemchek. I butchered that, but we'll go on. Olenicek, uh, who who is a good fighter, who we've seen, I've seen a lot over the years, and uh, who actually like floored Keen with a with a punch at one stage. He threw like a weird. I think he threw three right hands in a row. I only only saw it on a really bad. We actually, I I arrived just as it was ending but brave and the crowd was going mad and we we actually missed what happened we missed the, the fight but uh i saw it back on a little video and uh, a facebook live video and um keen looked to be seriously seriously dropped hard like with that shot and he did well to recover and his he 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 put, put the hooks in he got he got on top and got, got the hooks in looked up composed he didn't look like he didn't look like a guy who's you know there's all these questions over jiu-jitsu a guy who's been doing kickboxing thai boxing for for years and Maybe struggled with the jiu-jitsu in his first uh, on his pro debut, but he looked much improved. And Daniel Olomnenchek isn't a mug on the ground at all. Like he's 
he's like not some some guy who's just just a just a striker. He's a he's a rounded martial artist, and it looks like Keane has been putting the errors in. And, and people in SPG had been saying that Keane had come on along on the ground, but you know you hear that you hear that a lot from gyms about their teammates. They always kind of think their their teammates going to win no matter what. Like and Keane Keane though, like it was, it was a brilliant win for him, an important win for him because one and one and zero oh and two at the start of your career is very very different, very different. <laughs> Yeah, and he's the court guest as well coming up this week, which I'm sure was, you know, kind of playing on his mind, obviously, with Conor McGregor. And we'll probably talk about that next week and stuff, what, what happens yeah. on it. But, he, you know, he looked much improved. John Cavan, I think, put up a, <clears throat> a post about him as well, saying that he's been working hard, diligently for a year. And, you know, he's been doing grappling competitions and stuff as well. And, you know, that's what he needs. And, you know, Keen Cowley, he seems to have an attitude, you know, fighting attitude anyway, towards becoming... You know, he seems to be doing it the right way, if you know what I mean. He's, he's you know, he seems like he's, you know, he's putting in the the effort to, to become the well-rounded fighter that uh, that he needs to be. Uh, and against and against Decky, Decky Dalton lost yeah. out as well. Uh, it was another good scrap. Like I think all Decky Dalton fights are, are fun to watch, yeah, but uh, he got uh, rear he got rear naked choked in the end. And Andy Young also lost out to Brian Creighton. Brian Creighton looked really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Andy Young couldn't really get going. Like Andy Young's a very tough guy to fight, and uh, Brian Creighton just just had too much for him and got the I think it was a guillotine wasn't it in the in the second round it was yeah yeah. and it was a vicious knockout from uh, Rodrigo Cavallero that was Carl Amasu that was weird though he caught a dick a dick cock a dick, dick shot no I don't he, think I don't think it was it looked, I'm me, back it, looked, it looked to me like he grabbed the body and then he then he realised oh shit and then grabbed the balls to try and fake it it looked I, to me like that. I went back and I watched it on slow motion, and it did look like it grazed the, the cup pretty heavily. But oh, look, really? When the ref- yeah, when the referee... It's it's hard to see, though. You know, it's on fucking standard definition, but it did look like it. But look, wh- whether it did or didn't, the referee didn't stop it. And, you know, you can't... You know, you, you go to the referee's whistle, as they say in, in, in GA, but, you know, you, you can't just stop fighting because... MMA is an unforgiving sport, and if you stop fighting like that and go down and hold your stomach, your dick, or whatever, you're, you could get knocked out, you know. But look, it was it was a very very odd one anyway. And, uh, if, if MMA was a real sport, we could maybe put in a <laughs> you know put in a, a a debate about this and see see what happened. But yeah, we'll move on in there. Uh, Miles uh, Price against Norman Park. Norman Park mm-hmm. just just too much too much firm in the wrestling. Um, just grinded on Miles. Miles had a had his moments on the feet, but. Norman, whenever he, whenever he kind of needed to get it to get it into his realm, he was able to do it, and he won the unanimous decision comfortably. And then in the main event, it was actually a really yeah. back and forth fight. The fans I thought won the first round, and then was winning the second pretty pretty well, and then got taken down. And uh, I think I'm not sure how long Loman spent on top, and I think it was a very close round, but the judges gave it to gave it to Loman. And uh, the third round, Loman uh, got got takedown, got the mount for a good while, landed some good ground and pound, and definitely won that round. But uh, I think Franz rocked um, Loman again. He rocked him in the first round a couple of times, and he ro- rocked him hard in the first round a couple of times, and I think he rocked him in the fourth as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to remember now. Um, but he rocked him again at one stage, and I think won that round. So I think it was it was two all going into the final round. Uh, it could have been three one Franz if that swing second round, but I think I think there was. A, I know there was some very nice strikes from from Franz that did seem to hurt Loman, but I think he Loman did enough on top and he passed guard and he he landed enough shots to to steal the round. But uh, the the fifth round uh, just kind of uh, kind of got away from Franz. He got taken down um, again, and Loman just is is good. He's not really going for submissions or throwing big shots. He just he just wants to keep you there. 
and Franz wasn't able to wasn't able to reverse the position enough times, and he he lost a close decision. Uh, it was a really good fight though. Yeah, it was a good fight, but Franz Mamble looked much improved early on in this fight with his take on the fence and all that, but in the end, they kind of reared their ugly head again, and it's something that's going to take probably a few years to improve and lots of fights, but he did look, you know, he looked really, really good early, and I suppose it's unfortunate. Five-round fights for guys this young in their career, I'm not too sure, but, you know, it's a learning decision, probably send him a good stead going on, but uh, I don't know if it's if it's the best thing for guys this young in, in, in their career, and you know, I maybe because he'd already lost to this guy, and he he was like, I think I can beat that guy, and the guy's a champion, so you're not going to get him at three at three rounds. So I think yeah, France kind of backed himself to to do it. And if if it was a three round fight, uh, maybe it would have went differently. France would have been able to exert more energy, but um, I think France was was much better striker, but he was throwing too many single shots. He he needed to throw combinations, and he just didn't do it enough. When he did do it, it was really successful as well. But mm-hmm. he obviously feared the takedown and. He knew Loman was just looking for the takedown nearly exclusively, and um, you obviously have to account for that in, in your striking, and maybe that was why he chose to, to throw single shots most of the time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and look, as you mentioned, well, Norman Park, great. He, Norman Park did what Norman Park does. Miles Price looked good on the feet, but Norman Park just absolutely destroyed him on, on the ground. He's wrestling his judo. Well, it was absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, he moves on again. Got, he's gotten a lot of wins since he, he left the UFC and probably never should have been cut from the UFC. But, you know... I, I, the way the way it is always the issue with him, obviously he made weight here, but it was a catch weight fight, one sixty or one sixty five or something, I believe. So, you know, fair play to him. But uh, maybe one seventy might be his next uh, his next outing. But uh, yeah, big things coming in uh, for Norman Park. All right, let's move on. Ao Daly fought the weekend. You you were talking to uh, to Ao. You saw the end of this fight. It was it was a weird one. He's fighting fighting over Malta. True, got the fight to the ground. His opponent went to take him down. He, he reversed it, got on top. I believe he was in mount through two elbows seemed to hurt his opponent and his opponent kind of gave up and he started roaring and the referee stepped in stopped the fight and it was ended as a no contest even though they looked like two perfectly good elbows and it was the one of the weirdest things i've ever seen and just awful for Ao daily after being out you know for so long with knee what is he like two years out now with knee injuries three uh, three years, years out, yeah just an atrocious thing to come back to but what was your take on yeah, yeah, like it was a Facebook live video. wasn't a wasn't a great stream, but it didn't look yeah. it nothing. It looked nowhere near the back of the head. To be honest, it didn't look yeah. even close to the back of the head. And he was dominating the fight. He was looked like he's about to get the finish. And uh, he he said to me that they, they said they're going to rule it a no contest. But there there is a, com- a commission that can maybe review it. But we all know how that goes. You know, yeah, yeah. Just, just wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to take it on the chin, I suppose, and move on. It's a big, it's a big loss because you you, you get a win there, and, and then you're 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 kind of you're back on the on the map. Like, but this is just such a maybe maybe because it's controversial and it's been going around a good bit on on Facebook and stuff. Maybe this will lead to to Io getting a fight with like Bama or or somebody like that, or even even Cage Legacy. I'm sure he, he's just looking to get back in there as, as soon as possible. He didn't seem to to take much damage. He didn't seem to injure himself or anything. So. Um, maybe he could hop on that cage legacy card. Yeah, hundred percent. Like he has a big name around around. So you know he has that win over Kiefer Crosby in the uh, in the amateurs, which I'm sure is yeah. like something like Bama. amateur, wasn't he? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, something like Bam would absolutely love that. You know, if they could have the two of them on the same card and maybe move him to fight again or something like that. Or you know, he's he's really known well as well. Obviously, with doing interviews with Severe and things like that. And he's. he's I prefer to keep Irish guys away from Irish guys if I could, though. Like you don't want. No, but I, I, I no, I, yeah, that's true. But I'm saying like. 
they could promote him well like that, you know, and, and get it, get a bit of a, uh, get a bit of steam behind him by, by, you know, moving him in that direction and stuff. But yeah, yeah it definitely, I think one of the Irish promotions could definitely, you know, give him the four or 500 quid to fly over and, uh, and fight in one of the promotions. There seems to be a lot going on. So yeah, hopefully even, even brave if they, if they come back again, actually, what, you, what was, uh, before we get, we move on, what about the crowd in brave the last time? Terrible. A lot of people Terrible. Said it was awful. Yeah. Oh. It's hard. It's always hard to estimate, but like, 300 people maybe oh, it's really? hard to estimate when Jesus. people are yeah there was there was other people kind of banging around like in the in the like box up above but like they weren't even really watching and in the actual stands there was only a few hundred people uh, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a good turnout at all like American was there was there any Game of Thrones yeah. lads there um, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I'm maybe I'm not sure. Fucking prick, never liked you, never liked you. Uh, and next week as well, Alan Philpot is is uh, is fighting over in Australia. You know, on the subject of, of Irish MMA, obviously, you know Philpot is uh, you know he's one of the one of the, the regulars in Irish MMA, living and training over in Australia now, and another big fight for him, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it's he's still only twenty five. It's mental. Mad, like, he's been yeah. for so long, like and beating Nathaniel Wood as well. Don't forget that. Yeah, don't forget that. Uh, was a John Delaney quote. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's 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 fought like loads of people. He's fought Regis Sugden, uh, Nathaniel Wood, Aaron Blackwell, Tom Ducanois, Shea Walsh. Um, He's fought in the Irish scene against people like James McAleen, Steve McComb, like he, Damian Rooney, Liam James. Like he, he's been fighting um, all over the place. Like uh, he fought Joe Clark back in the day. Joe Clark was undefeated at the time, uh, back in 2012. Like he made his pro debut in 2011, and he's only 25 now. Like so, he's been he's been around. He's an experienced guy for 25, and he's still improving. Like like that that two, Tom Duke Tom Duke and Wall fight and the Shea Walsh fight as well. Like it went into a no contest uh, in the end because uh, it was it a legal kick. I, b- I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah well, but he was dominating that. He was dominating that fight. And then he ended up losing a decision um, over in over in I think it was it was ACB as well, was it in Australia? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. back in uh, back in December. So it's it, it, he's he's got one no contest and two losses in a row at the moment. One is to, to Tom Duke and Wah, and he was going to win the Shea Walsh fight, in my opinion, before it happened. So it's important to get a win here because you don't want to be on a be on a where well, you haven't won a fight in four fights, but. Uh, I don't know much about his opponent, but his opponent's an experienced guy as well. He's got 24 fights. He's 35. He's He's been around since 2007. Mm-hmm. So he's an experienced guy as well. So um, not I don't really know this guy, but uh, I, I'd say Phil Pop would get the job done. He, he's kind of rededicated himself, taking him away from his, his hometown, his family, and kind of thrown himself into it after taking a, a little bit of a break. So I think that will, that will uh, stand to him. Yeah, and Paul Hughes is over training with him now as well, so I think uh, that's that's a, a benefit for him as well to have someone like that uh, over there. All right, let's get to the questions. Uh, question we've had three or four times actually since last week because we forgot about it. Richie Smolin uh, on tough spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, um, he was supposed to fight on ten days ago. We'll say at this stage, tough. Uh, he got terrible cramps in his legs and wasn't so able weird, to fight. Yeah. Was taken to hospital after. Yeah, what did you think of that? I don't know. It was it's so strange. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, mm-hmm. He he literally couldn't even walk properly. It was really weird. Um, they were kind of saying it, it was. Uh, they were kind of the other team in the Ultimate Fighter were kind of saying, "Oh, it was, it was a mental thing," and he just got scared. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. Can you be like when you fought like loads of times? Like we just won fought at amateur loads of times. He's fought. He's fought a pro. 
he's he's fought Reese McKee. Like you know, is he really is he really so terrified that his body shuts down? I, I don't I don't know. I don't think so. It seemed like maybe a combination of stuff. You know, remember Ashling Daly time fighting in the heat. You know, he never fought in heat like that before. Maybe a bit of nerves. Obviously, in, you know, the UFC going into the octagon in the in the gym with the. You know, you don't have maybe you you know you don't have your trainers with you. Maybe they 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 give him a award or something before maybe understand them a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's it's more than likely though, probably mostly a physical thing. I'd say you know you we probably have to ask him and you know it's, it's hard to talk to these lads. Well, like you know, cramps and weight cutting could be could be connected yeah so it was, it was it was very odd but yeah well, look hopefully he'll get he'll get a shot in the the tough finale or hopefully he'll get a shot in the ufc at some stage anyway and you know even if he doesn't you know i'm sure bam and cagers and all them would love to have him but he's like he, yeah as you no, said say, Trump, say dana, dana yeah. will give him give him a shout like give him a, a fight dana usually fair he's pretty fair with the, the ultimate fighter guys if something kind of mad mm-hmm. happens he usually gives him a fight on the final mm-hmm. i think he gave he promised to fight on the finale to some other guy as well uh who broke his foot yeah bob ross violent bob they, ross are, are they in the same division? Are they? Is he fifty-five as well? Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Well, anyway, you could stick him on the finale against one of the guys who doesn't win the Ultimate Fighter. Um, you I'd say, I'd say that's because, yeah. like, you know, he has the Conor McGregor thing and the SBG thing behind him as well. Like, and yeah, got a bit of exposure on the Ultimate Fighter, so he's kind of slightly valuable to uh to to others, and he's still undefeated uh as well. So yeah, I think he'll get a shot surely. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's move on to the questions. Please, everyone, go and sign up patreon.com forward slash Spearman Podcast. We haven't been mentioned as much uh, lately, but it's like €4.13 Euro a month to, if you want to support this podcast, if you like listening to it. Please do that because uh, we don't make much money out of this podcast and it's a bit of a drain through it and we load things through and you get a shitload of content. Even if you only like this podcast, I think it's worth it, but you're getting a shitload more content over on Patreon. We put up like three or four different podcasts a week and interviews and different things. I had Mike Jackson on last week, Graham had Tommy Martin on you know there's loads of of stuff coming up watches yeah uh, q a's and i'm doing yeah i'll have another q a up as well probably monday or tuesday as well after this podcast with like 10 or 12 more questions like 15 20 minutes podcast so please go over sign up patreon we we actually had we had luke thomas on a couple of weeks ago previewing the champions league final as well and talking about the ufc liverpool that was that was a it was good to have luke on as well so there's loads of stuff like that like just random random other little shows thrown in there as well yeah, 100%. All right, let's get to the questions. Will Roach, thank you, Will. Megan Anderson was the best prospects outside of the UFC for women's featherweight, but got dominated by home. What's next for those two? And do you, and who do you think they give Chris Cyborg next? Yeah, what, what about home? Home and, and Nunes looks like it's going to happen next by all accounts. Megan Anderson. Mm. Do you just make Megan yeah. Anderson versus Cyborg? Uh, I think you give Megan Anderson a win. I think somebody who she can beat first. Yeah, where's Leslie Smith when you need her? There's nobody in the division. Um, Durandamy, is she going to be back? Is she still injured? or She's not going to fight Cyborg anyway. Maybe, you know, maybe she'll fight Megan Anderson. But what, she could fight home again. It was controversial enough. Like, Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's, it's difficult to know. You, you know, you're just pulling someone in off the street, basically. What, what, you want Tanya Avenger. Maybe Tanya Avenger versus, oh. um, versus Megan Anderson. That would be an alright fight to make. Mm. Let's, let's do that. Cyborg, Cyborg Nunes, but since uh, Nunes, uh, Nunes home seems to be. I don't know. I really don't. We, we, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so sorry, Will. Your your four euro didn't go very well. Spit this week. Uh, we don't know the answers to any of those questions. Uh, another question from Will. Show if you will answer this one. Should UFC do anything following the recent uh, online debate over Andrea Lee's husband and his Nazi prison tattoos? I.e., ban him from cornering. Does he corner? Is he one of the trainers? This um... is. 
this was I'm, I'm not sure um this yeah. was handled so badly by her and by her husband and yeah, everything. they made it so much worse if um, you don't know the story basically he was he was in prison by all accounts and got gang tattoos in prison one was a swastika and one was the ss symbol on on each of his hands and there was a picture surfaced of of him with the the two tattoos and he came out afterwards and said, I'd love to get him covered up, but they'd look even more redneck if I got him covered up, which is the stupidest thing in the world to say. Just just get black ha black arms, like just get him covered up. Having two big black squares on your fucking uh, forearms would look a lot better than having a swastika there. Like, are you that idiotic? Like, come on. Yeah, I, I don't. If he has those tattoos and he wants a corner in the UFC, no way. That sh can't be ever allowed, I don't think. So, yeah, I don't think it should yeah. affect her uh, directly. No. Yeah, yeah, he maybe him, but um, yeah, she didn't handle it great either. She said had some stupid statement as well, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Owen Heffernan, with the current crop of young heavyweights in Volkov, Blades, and Tuivasa on the rise, would you currently pick any of them against Stipe? I wouldn't currently know, but in the future, uh, Blades. No, I wouldn't at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Blades is improving to Ivasa as someone who needs a lot of improvement but could improve. No, I don't think Valkov ever will be, but that, no, all interesting in the future. And there's definitely a new crop coming through. Uh, Kieran Stapleton, should Keen Cowley call out Aaron Chalmers? Graham, that'd be an interesting enough fight, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Um, maybe, yeah. Yeah, why not? It would, it would be a pretty high profile fight. Um, maybe, maybe Keen. I don't know if Keane's like kind of do his own thing. I don't know if he's he's uh if he's going to be signed to to Bama. I don't know if he want to stay a free agent or Bellator probably want to keep him um longer than than just one fight. If they were to put him there without yeah. much, you don't want Keane Kelly going in there winning and then signing for the UFC or whatever. I know you'd only be two and one if you fought Aaron Chalmers right now, but maybe you could get a couple of fights in before fighting Aaron Aaron Chalmers. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure what like if Keen wants to be tied down to to, to Bellator. Yeah, uh, Kieran Sable asks again: Is Kobe Covington just one of these guys uh, who isn't the best in any area, but has enough of a gas tank to put more pressure than anyone else? Sort of like Bisping with better uh, a little bit. I think he's in that. that There's an to that though as well. Like the is pressure is, is yeah. I I think that fight as well last night was maybe the best display of five round cardio double display by the two guys we've ever seen i i didn't think for one second of that fight that dasanios looked uh looked tired and that was another horrible thing rogan was saying in like the third round oh, he's gasping air he is not like he was still going strong he's getting takedowns and both of them looked unbelievable i i didn't think colby would be able to keep doing it and that was probably the most impressive thing about colby he kept that insane pace for five full rounds that was unbelievable and that the cardio was this was elite top best ever levels of cardio we've seen in the ufc and that was that was brilliant but yeah he, he is one of those white fighters Derek kelly hey. thoughts uh, thoughts on what Franz malambo needs to do to get to the next level i really thought he'd have pushed loman a lot closer it's, it's just like the takedown of vince and keeping the fight on standing basically isn't it yeah it is it's it, yeah um, once you get to the ground you gotta be more you, you gotta be more uh active about trying to get up you can I know. I noticed Stephen Lowman's a very good wrestler, and he, he's he's not really giving you space because he's not trying to land big shots, posture mm -hmm. up and land big shots, and he's not trying to really submit you. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is very tough. But if Franz could could get some kind of chuck to hell level take down defense, uh, like you could really let strike and go then, and he, he could be really something. But you just gotta you just gotta keep working on the take down defense and become believing in your take down defense more, and maybe 
not fight guys who are so experienced and champions in, in organizations, you know, just maybe yeah. take a step back and fight guys with similar records uh, as uh, as you for the next two or three fights. Yeah, Andy, Andy Stevenson asked the same thing and said, is there any signs of improving? I thought there was. I thought he'd improved significantly in the first couple of rounds, but there's still, you know, it's going to take time. It's going to take time, but there, there, definitely, are, uh, there definitely are signs. All right, let's get to four or five more here from... Uh, Facebook and Twitter. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Severe and Mepod is the best best sending questions there uh, all week, and we'll get to them here. And I'll answer literally every one of them over on Patreon as well. So if your question isn't answered here, it will be answered on Patreon because I answer all of them. So there you go. We've like 30 questions, so I'll answer like the other 25 or whatever uh, over there. Uh, Daniel Mannix, friend of the podcast, at Mannix Knows. Would Gunny Nelson beat Covington? Graham. Say that again. Would Gunnar Nelson beat Colby Covington? Ooh. Um. He could, he could. Um, I just think Gunnar's too passive. I think he'd just get. I don't know. Would Covington be taking him down? It's a really interesting one. Like, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting one. Like against Demi Maya, it, it was it was kind of Demi Maya's striking isn't is not as good as Gunnar Nelson's. Like Gunnar Nelson is sneakily underrated striking. Like he can he can hit you really hard one sh- take out one shot. Uh, I know he's known as a submission guy, but he. He, he he can land big shots and I think I think maybe I don't know, I think that's that's a tough fight for, for Gunnar Nelson, but when you're that good at jujitsu and a guy's probably gonna be taking you down a lot, especially mm-hmm. early in the fight, you could get it you could, if Gunnar gets on your back like that, that's it. Yeah, Don Kelly over on Facebook. Do you give Mike Jackson another UFC fight, Graham? I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Lopov, but maybe not. Yeah, probably not. I think it's probably Yeah, it's probably be- better to move past this whole straight at this stage at underscore std underscore friend of the podcast a great man for live to eat in the podcast as well does Overeem have another title run left in in him or is he solid ga- gatekeeping at this point I, I think he uh, you'd never know at heavyweight would you but yeah a short yeah. notice fight you get in there maybe um yeah uh mm. probably not but like michael bisbing was kind of out of the running and then all of a sudden he gets a late 10 days notice or whatever and he's in and he wins so you never know in MMA, especially at heavyweight, where one punch can, can one strike can land, change everything, can end everything abruptly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, at Saltpass asked, will Sean Sheehan ever do a size up again? Maybe, maybe. I've I've left people wanting now for the last couple of weeks, and they seem to be wanting them, so maybe I will do it again because a lot of people have asked me about it. But I took a break from there for a while, so maybe. Uh, Steve Watch asked, why do you even do this podcast? I don't know. Actually, it's a good point. Maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> Jin asks, I like the Holly versus Amanda fight at 135. Is that the next fight to make, or do people still want to see Amanda versus Cyborg? Yeah, what would you pick in one word? So, Holly versus Amanda or Cyborg, Cyborg versus Amanda? Cyborg, Cyborg and Nunes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Gary Doyle asked about the EO fight. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Um, who uh, Idaho asks who'd win High Home versus Amanda Nunes? People seem to like that fight. Uh, I think, yeah, Amanda, I think Amanda Nunes, Nunes. yeah. Uh, Ian McLean says, Doesn't do you like Smith and Rogan together? I don't actually, even before they went awful, I just think they're not good together at all. I think they're too similar. I don't think they, um, they should be with each other at all. I just I don't think it, it works at all, to be honest. Uh, all right. That's it. Oh, last question here, Frogmore, and I'll get to the rest of them over on Patreon. What is your beverage of choice to do a shoey? What what would you put into a shoey now if you're doing one? Jesus. You'd have to do foster. Uh, do random or shoe, like fuck. I wouldn't do it. Like it's just this is ridiculous. Soft boy. You definitely would feel it's, pissed it's, it's, off. Like. It's, it's not hard, it's not impressive, and you're just, <laughs> just 
<laughs> I can see you doing one now the next time you go out in the beer. Like, that's a fucking fact. That is a fact. But sure, look, you'd have to do it with Fosters. Even I used to love Fosters when I was in school, and I haven't had, or in school, in college. And I haven't, literally haven't drank a can of Fosters in about eight years. And I said, fuck it, I'll get one the other day. And I got a can of Fosters. And it was piss. It was rotten. Most disgusting yeah, fucking thing I've ever done. It was the cheapest beer going in the, in the pubs. Like, it's um, just like, cheaper to, for per pint. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I like this, but uh, yeah, Harp is the only way to go anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, that is it. Another podcast in the books. Very enjoyable one this week. I think we got to some good analysis and no flim flam out of us uh, there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Graham, any, any last words to say before we go? No, just uh, yeah, support support the podcast, share it, tweet it, tell your friends, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you haven't given us a rating on uh, iTunes, if you could give us a, a five star rating, that'd be great to get more people to see the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you tweet the podcast this week, here's a promise. If you tweet the podcast this week, tag at Sean Sheehan BA, tag at Severe Mepod, we will follow you with the Severe Mepod account and we will retweet, retweet it with that account and with my account and with Graham's account again as well. So do that. There you go. That's how you grow your listenership and your followership on, on Twitter. So there you go. Do that. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Here comes the inspirational quote. You don't miss the water until the well runs dry. See you next Tuesday or Monday, or maybe Sunday.